You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, welcome to the program. My name is Chris Spangle. It is great to be with you on this Saturday morning. And we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Rogan and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So, Neil Young and Reinhold's taking it all pretty hard. So, stay tuned. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Warning, this show is for adults by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program today. Thank you so much for being here. We are glad to be with you. Literally, I survived Omicron. Yes, that's right. I've had COVID three times. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. And uh, making some upgrades and all that good stuff. But first, we want to thank all of our patrons, the people who keep this ship afloat. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not very good about making uh, pleas to join the Patreon, but I'm going to do that today. So we are coming up on our 10th anniversary, if you can believe it. Wall will be 10 years old on March 8th. That will be 10 years of We Are Libertarians, 1,500 episodes. Uh, What a ride. It started with me, Chris Galt, Creighton, and uh, you know now we're here. We've had hundreds of co-hosts, it feels like, hundreds of guests, We've tried everything. We've done everything. We feel like we've finally figured out the secret sauce here after 10 years of striving. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys to support the program. If you listen every week, you look forward to listening, please join the Patreon at $10 a month. 10 for 10. And I will say that I... uh, I wasn't too diligent last year. <laughs> I had a lot going on last year. I was I got Delta and COVID, which kind of took me out. We moved my then fiance moved me. We moved into this place. So we had three moves. 
we, uh, you know, obviously the pat down and podcasting and platforms kind of took off. I was totally burned out on politics and uh, frankly doing this show. I mean, after 10 years, you sort of get to a point where you're just kind of burnt out doing the same thing over and over. And uh, I took it a little easy at the end of the last year, plus getting married, honeymoons, family stuff, mediations, all that good stuff. Reagan was, my wife was involved in two different lawsuits. So it was a very difficult 2021. And so we got a little um, sloppy. But this year we're tightening it up. We are tightening it up for sure. And we need your support. And uh, (coughs) excuse me, this is just going to happen. So while I cough and take a drink, I'm going to introduce Harry and Reinhold. Harry, thank you for being here. Reinhold, thank you for being here. Harry, how are you? Going good, going good. Uh, she said the end of the year was kind of sloppy. I figured, you know, it was the you know usual like a uh, spangle, like uh, chokes, like the cowboys. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Reinhold, t- 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 take care of him, please. He's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How am I supposed to take care of him? I know, I know. I, listen. Especially about the Cowboys. But but here's the deal. I mean, I've talked for a long time about doing this full-time. That's still the dream. That's still the goal. And, you know, realizing that 10 years is fast approaching us, it sort of makes you go, all right, are you going to do this or are you not going to do it? And we're going to do it. Um, we've had a lot of conversations uh, over the last month about the future. Brian Nichols has moved to Newcastle, Indiana. We'll be sharing... Uh, one side will be Boss Hog, the other side will be Brian Nichols' new studio, meeting with them Thursday, kind of going through it. I spent last Saturday kind of building out my stuff, trying to make my video look better than just me in my rando office, like I'm some sort of like, uh, you know, so I, I'm we're getting it all together. But what I'm saying is a lot of this stuff kind of involves investment, involves some capital, involves um saving money for the business uh and so we we really need your support at this point in our history as we start to move forward and make this um what we know it can be as opposed to just a hobby podcast that we do on saturday and turn it into something that is special because we offer something different than i think most other news podcasts most other political podcasts most other libertarian podcasts not only is this a family of people that love hanging out with each other so it's like a fun vibe uh, reinhold is also here um but everybody else loves hanging out with everybody else reinhold i like you and that's all that matters um but we are we are really going to take this more seriously than we ever have before, and it requires your help. So, you know, talking about the news in a fun, lighthearted way, but while giving you actual facts and not insulting your intelligence, you're, you're, you can't get that anywhere else, right? Maybe Joe Rogan, but Reinhold disagrees, which, which we will talk about today. Um, mas o menos. Um, but we want to always th- disagree, though. I'm contrarian. So, so please, uh, <laughs> I will be reading your name if you sign up from here on out. If you sign up at the ten dollar level for the ten for ten over the next few months, celebrating our tenth anniversary. If you've ever gotten anything out of We Are Libertarians, a laugh, an aha moment, a, a point of knowledge that help you in conversations with your friends, then pay it back. It's value for value. We subscribe to the value for value system here at the We Are Libertarians Podcast Network. We uh, 
We're all just looking forward to kind of getting back together, podcasting in person again. I'm going to invite the boys over to sit on the couch here uh, and uh, start doing shows in person again. Yeah, it's going to be a great year. We're looking forward to it, but we need investment. And it comes from our listeners and the people that find value in what we do. Those of you who have stuck with the feed and are still subscribed over the, the atrophying of the last six months, I really do appreciate it. Um, just, you know, there comes a point in life where something had to give, but you know, now I'm settled, I'm married, I'm healthy, I think. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. All right. Uh, thank you for, uh, joining. Thank you for being part of the $100 a month members of the, uh, Patreon joinwallplus.com. John Pusilo, Casey Feldposh, Lars Nordskog, Jakey Dell, Matthew Durbin, Ryan Hold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. You are all great. So, hold on. <coughs> go, go ahead, Harry. Well, <clears throat> now that uh, you know, we can finally get Spangle stop talking, you don't know how Dion does it. But, um, you know, yes, yes. We've got lots of the cool stuff planned. I've got... Uh, all right. Thanks for being here, Harry. It's nice to have you on the program. <clears throat> what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, we've got uh, uh, other shows even going... Uh, fun with we got a Loki wall. You've got this, which we got to find. Yeah, we just like we work. just created a new feed for Loki wall. Your show, which you can find Correct. at WeirdLibertarians.com. Correct, and uh, um, and I've uh, you know tapped a you know weird part of uh, Brian Holmes' brain, got to pull out some really cool stuff. Which we got our nine for nine things. Which I did a primer live show about it uh, about a week ago. Uh, so we could get ready to go live on that. I just got to get some time when, you know, we can all meet up and do this, you know? So I think it, I don't know what day we're going to do it for because, uh, you know, like I said, it's new show and I've got, you know, weird scheduling timed up, but Hey, Hey, I've just moved a whole bit old database. So I've got, I'm going to have some time freed up this year. Yeah. So, but, you know, we're, we're, we're having conversations about what, what would it look like if we did this show daily? What would it look like, you know, or, or more regularly, um, what would it look like um, to to reformat this to be a little bit more uh, friendly to listeners and advertisers in the new podcast environment? I mean, we've done it for 10 years. It's always been kind of a long-form, free-flowing discussion. What does it look like to tighten it up a little bit? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting over Omicron. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we just added uh, Dr. Eric Larson with The Paradox, who you've heard the last couple uh, episodes with. Very smart guy. And uh, I'm going to ask him, we're soliciting questions, so if you have any questions about COVID, then please send it in, editor at wearelibertarians.com. Um, as I'm a few minutes into the show, I realize maybe I should have canceled, considering I have COVID with my voice not being able to, to probably hold up. But again, we're tightening it up. We're, we're going to be consistent, whether it kills me or not. Um, I guess, Reinhold, there's some weird segment of people out there that don't build immunity and i'm one of them yeah there's probably there's a small segment that don't that can't you know maintain the immunity and there's probably another small segment that just has massive immunity and, and will never get anything like that so yeah i don't i don't i thought i've well, never i've never had covid myself so right zero times I, harry i don't think you've had it either have you i don't think i've had it you know but you know, I just didn't have sip or I've just been asymptomatic, but yeah, I just, yeah. So I don't know. So it's probably, I had nice. lunch with my friend Doug last Thursday. We were sitting near no one. We were far away from each other. And 
I don't know how else I could have gotten it. I mean, it wasn't like I was running around in in crowds. I mean, it's, you know, Delta hit me pretty hard. It took a little while to get back to normal. This was a lot more, um, like, mild. I'm, you know, I started feeling crummy Monday, Tuesday, I think. I can't really remember. (laughs) Um, But as of today, I feel kind of back to normal. Uh, I didn't realize that I was I, I my, might need to take my at home test until my teeth started hurting. The weird thing about COVID is that you you have every symptom but not all at once. You have like day one is super dizzy, then day two is the joints and teeth aching, then day three is like headaches and sleepy, and then day four is like heart racing. And even more tired. Like, I think it was Thursday. I just got to two or three in the day, and I had to go take a nap for three hours because I was just exhausted. Um, I don't so know. That's not just old age because that just happens to a lot of us at that age. It, I'm, it could be old age. <laughs> trust me. Right, I was like, that's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. you just you, uh, naps are a great thing anyway. I mean, I, I think that uh, a lot of people. I mean, look. There's siestas, right? I mean, that yeah. that was part of a culture. It's taking naps in the afternoon. There's a there's a good benefit to it. We we think so. I had the classic back in April of 2020. Um, we believe we got that from daycare. Uh, the baby was really sick. I was really sick. Reagan was really sick. So we, th- but you couldn't get a test. It was nine hundred dollars to get a test, and we just weren't weren't going to shell out two thousand dollars for the three of us to get tested. Um, then Reagan and I got Delta. The baby didn't seem to have Delta at all. Um, and they didn't get sick at all this time. That's, uh, I do know the, the vaccine did put me on my butt each really? time. Each time. It, like in the first one, that's when like, I was hesitant. Like, like so I'm super hesitant to get the booster because like the first two shots like put me on my butt out of nowhere. I would just be working and just go, I need to lie down. It seems like it gives you COVID you know, variations. It, it, it tells your antibodies that this is what COVID is. And so they start to go into action, uh-huh. which is really what a lot of symptoms are, is your antibodies kind of reacting to it. I had no reaction to the vaccine shots at all. Yeah. Never had COVID. Haven't had a fever in years. So I don't know. My only issue well, is you don't go anywhere. Old so. age stuff. Well, how, yeah, how can yeah, you, 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 I, yeah, you I leave the house anywhere. four times a week to do I go what? Out, I go out and go shopping for food. I go to pick up takeout. I go shopping for things we need around the house. I mean, I, I visit my parents. I visit, you know, I, I do lots of things. It's just so uh, you do have the opportunity I'm to catch colds. Oh yeah, I just uh, I'm smart about how I do it. I don't get near anybody. I don't get anybody's face. I maintain social distance but i've been doing that for your entire life long before yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah so go ahead Ryan will probably got like that the uh, hippie uh vaccine so it's mostly like saline and like uh patchouli juice or stuff like that though homeopathic <laughs> vaccine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. diluted it diluted it so it'll be stronger <laughs> yeah so uh th- i guess i'm looking forward to whatever the next wave is and hoping that it's mild um I don't I don't know. I guess I don't know. I mean Dr. Larson and I were talking about it. You you can get each variant, I thought, because it's different 
then I don't know. Uh, who the fuck It, it depends on what your antibodies choose to identify mm. as as the virus that they're going to fight. So, Did you just assume my genetics? Well, the, the, Harry, uh, he, just, antibo- he just... Your antibodies did. Your, your antibodies assumed. <laughs> he misantibodied <Okay>. my antibodies. <laughs> he told you what your antibodies are doing. How dare you? How dare you assume what his antibodies are doing? Uh, Skaldra says, there's one out. It's called Ligma. So ex- <laughs> expect me to be sick again. Uh, Skaldra, how bad is it? Is it uh, Delta bad? Or I-, I can handle Omicron. It was like, all right, sore throat, fine. The weird thing about it, too, is when you have symptoms, like the sore throat, <laughs> like day two... Okay, you son of a bitch. Ligma, <laughs> ligma balls. <He's> a... <laughs> asshole. Uh, <laughs> you, you get you get like a really bad sore throat, and then it goes away, like in a, and in thirty minutes. Like you have the worst sinus infection of your life, and then it just disappears. Like I don't know. It really is not not good. So, um, speaking of COVID misinformation. Uh, so here's the funny thing. There's, there's three big conversations and maybe we can start here. There's three big things going on that are probably more pressing. Uh, there's a new Supreme court justice on the way. Uh, Stephen Breyer announced that he's retiring from the courts. He is a reliably left leaning justice didn't really want to retire, but he has been had so much pressure put on him to retire so an RGB thing doesn't happen again where Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't retire and then passed away during Trump's uh, administration, leaving an, an, a quote-unquote imbalance on the court. And so they didn't want that to happen because what if Trump wins again in 2024? Because Biden's not doing well. I don't know if you guys have heard. Uh, it's not going well at all. He had a mandate to not be Trump, and he is, boy, is he, he's blowing it. Um, and so, you know, he did the thing again where he said he's going to nominate, I think he said a black woman, Reinhold? Yep, he said he was going to nominate a black woman. Which, fine. I'm all for diversity and representation. I just think it's such a weird strategy to say, I'm going with this demographic and this gender, and I'm doing this... Like, there's no... Four years of the element of surprise with Trump. Tune in and I'll tell you who to be. It it works. It's how it works in the new media environment and new politics. And and Biden just, you know, can't surprise anybody. So now he pigeonholes himself into, you know... And I'm, I'm positive there is a black female jurist out there who is qualified for the court. But... Uh, well, I mean, everybody was fine with... Well, I don't know if everybody was fine with it, but uh, a lot of people are fine with Reagan doing the same thing when he announced he was going to nominate a woman, and it nominated Sarah Day, you know, Day O'Connor. Yeah. Kamala Harris, Harry says, didn't work out. Um, I don't know. No, he's I, talking about Kamala being the uh, Supreme Court justice. Did you Get see? Her out of the VP spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw it. It gets rid of her. It gets rid of her. Puts her off the shelf. She's unlikable. Puts her off the shelf. Did you see Bill Crystal's tweet? Uh and I just replied, you okay? Uh, Bill had a whole fanfic about what was going to happen. Oh, no. Uh, which was pretty funny. 
Uh, let's see here. I'll pull. I try it. to stay. I try to stay off Twitter. It's usually like the. Uh, I like Twitter. Twitter is like I used to think Pinterest is where the worst people on the planet are, but really, no, it's Twitter. Pinterest. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's Pinterest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been to Pinterest? It's all these people on there. Like, look how much better I am than you. Let me show you how good my life is. Like, you think Instagram is like denigrating on your life image? Go to Pinterest. You know, like you're. No matter what you wear, your worst, your workout's terrible, your design choices are terrible, so it's always doing something better than you. And if you try to recreate that pin, you can't. You just fail. It is the worst place to be if you have something wrong mentally in it's your such head. A, Trust me. Such a like weird rant. Um, so Bill Crystal, former Weekly Standard guy, God only knows what his politics are now. Um, straightforward from here, he says... I tried to hit the mute button. June 30th, court overturns Roe. July 1st, Brea resigns, says court needs aggressive progressive justices. July 4th, Biden picks Harris for court. Harris resigns as VP. July 5th, Biden picks Romney as VP, says national unity needed for world crisis. So, uh, (laughs) that, that didn't end up happening. It fell apart within days. Um, but that that is out there that Kamala Harris would go in the court. Is she a lawyer? She was uh, a prosecutor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, California's top cop. Top oh, that's cop. right. Brian says Kamala Harris has a better chance of being on wall than SCOTUS. Uh, why? Why? why we? I'd have her. I'll yeah. have her on. I, I, no, no, we would have her on wall, but like as SCOTUS. But no, if you think about like the SCOTUS question, like think about it. it's it, it's you know she's top cop she's technically has the decided could she vote i don't know how the rules like could she vote for herself she's the tiebreaker <laughs> i don't know Can I, you I, vote for yourself i don't th- i don't court? think that that would be po- that would be a positive move for him he needs all the help he can get right now he's had it th- is a, well how, how, you open up a vp spot you can go and find a positive person right to move into that vp spot yeah, because, I mean, the idea was that Biden wasn't going to run in 2024. He was going to have Kamala Harris do it. She was going to get the VP spot and then step in. But she's mm-hmm. tanked so bad in her approvals that mm-hmm. they're questioning whether that's the way it's going to be. And and speaking of tanking approvals, I know that Biden is not doing great, but you have to look and compare what he was with Trump. And he still got higher approval ratings than Trump did this time. So, uh sure whatever whatever makes you feel better about all this um oh, i didn't say it was great i'm just saying that that's you know this idea that trump's going to come swing back in in 2024 i just find it kind of well biden has a new cat because these people think that the politics still works like it's the west wing and it's the <laughs> 1990s so the the ratings are tanking we need another animal they get the first two dogs and they bite people and they send them off god knows where and then so they get another german shepherd like not even a month ago and the the ratings keep getting worse, his approval rating. So they get a cat now. And you're just like, no, just do what you were elected to do. Like, Democrats hate you because you're not radical enough. And everyone else, the other 75% of the country hates you because you broke your promise on unity. And, you know, it's Biden keeps doing things that he knows he cannot do. He knows that he cannot, for instance, get the Voting Rights Act you know, he he's trying to do all this voting rights uh, stuff, essentially to kind of codify 
you know, the ease of voting that we saw last year, but in addition to that kind of federalizing all elections, so the federal government has a say in every election, which we're fundamentally opposed to, but expanding the ease of voting, great. Um, I'm not a Republican on this. Like, the myth that more ease of voting means more Democrat votes has been completely disproven. There's a book called The Turnout Myth that you can go and read and see all the data on it. But uh, he he knew he couldn't get it done because they weren't going to kill the filibuster because Joe Manchin and Krista Sinema said they weren't going to do it. So instead of not doing it and doing something that he knew he could do, he went ahead and did it anyways and then just blamed these two senators, blamed Mitch McConnell, pretended that everybody is Bull Connor that disagrees with him. And it's sort of the same divisive type tactics that Donald Trump did. You know, when you look at impeach, the second impeachment, you had seven senators that voted to impeach Trump to remove him. Um, so the will was there to remove him in the Republican Party in the House side. And they didn't even put Liz Cheney on the on the team of, for the House impeachment. It was all Democrats. And they wrote the articles of impeachment in a way that it was a poison pill to not get any Republicans to support it, which Nancy Pelosi keeps doing. And so... If you actually watch the internal politics of Congress and what Biden is doing and understand it, he's consistently doing things that he knows Republicans will not support, um, like, like the uh, voting rights stuff. Mitt Romney is basically on board with a lot of different things, as are several other Republican senators. And he's asked in that long press conference, well, did you talk to Mitt Romney? N- no, because he, you know, he knows where to find me. Well... Why wouldn't you reach out to the Republicans that you know are probably going to work with you, put something together that will, you know, ensure the the Count Act gets reformed or that you can get ease of use? The things you can do, be bipartisan about it and start, like, working together on things. You know, they did that on infrastructure, but they haven't done it on anything else. They keep trying to introduce these poison pills so they can say, as he did in his press conference, what are Republicans doing? What are Republicans for? What do they stand for? It's the same tired BS of the... And he knows that the press is just going to reliably back him up on this stuff. So he promised to be a uniter. He promised to bring us all together. He promised to be bipartisan. And he's not. And everybody can tell. And so he doesn't get the big package things done that Democrats would like. And then he doesn't get any of the bipartisan stuff that might get him that 30% of the country that get him reelected. So nobody likes the guy because he's not effective and he's a terrible messenger. Yep. Yeah, because they poisoned the infrastructure bill. You know, it, it is Japan has, has spent what, like half a billion dollars getting their companies to move out of China because of the supply chain issue. America has built nothing for that. That could have been a big proponent of an infrastructure bill on helping out the supply chain effort. Like, hey, this won't do anything now, but we're going to do this for future generations and help people out with this thing. And that could have been an infrastructure bill that most people can get behind. But did they do something like that? No, 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 no. They put other goofy nonsense in there that will just get people did, like hurt and damaged that cost more money. Did they did they ever drop the the huge tariffs they put on China? Mm. No, he hasn't supply no, chain from no. China. We've he has no. and he has no. upheld most of the uh restrictions on the border and the quotas that, that he diminished. Like right. he did and, and the he, worst part is is he's he's not done anything about those things, so that 
irritates the left who wanted him to do something about that. But the right just keeps saying he's opening the border and letting these people through because they don't care about it. You know, being when his border policy is much the same as Donald Trump's. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, no real meaningful action. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's actually kind of, it's almost worse with the simple fact because that illusion of talk of like, yes, please come here. And then like, okay, all right, all right. hey, we just said that to get elected. Stop the crap. You know? Well, he said, I don't know if you saw it the other day, uh, no more talk. Here's where I stand on marijuana laws. There's a lot of talk out there on where I stand when it comes to our marijuana laws. Here are the facts. And it's, you know, <laughs> where he stands is no one should be in jail for marijuana use decriminalize recreational marijuana use and automatically expunge prior convictions, legalize medical marijuana, allow states to legalize recreational marijuana, reschedule marijuana so researchers can study its health impact. I am all for all of those things. But when the guy who basically knowingly, he knew he was going to violate the Constitution by passing the vaccine mandate, he knew it would get thrown out by courts, he knew it would be an embarrassing loss, but he did it because of the pu- the bully pulpit. He could he could get he could scare companies into compliance for the six to seven months it's going to take to work through the courts, mm-hmm. and so it basically was all talk because he knew he had no legal authority. But he's willing to violate the Constitution to do that. But he's not willing to really lift a finger for anything else, <laughs> right? Like right. Yeah. it's it's he's he is all talk, and he. He could never forget, like, the left, I love watching them melt down about student loans. This guy promised to get rid of our student loans. He's a liar. He lied to you. He's a lying liar that his first presidential campaign imploded because of plagiarism, because he lies. He steals. He is not any different than Donald Trump. (laughs) He's, no, he's, he's, in a way, worse. He's worse than Donald Trump. No, he's been, no. in, he's been in office for the entire time for it. He built this awful deep state system. He built yeah. the, he was there he, doing it. Yeah, it's he built like student he, loan problems. Right, the the biggest problem with student loans is they, they can't be discharged through bankruptcy. Right, That's he true. did that. Yeah. That was his deal. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Ronald. Yes, yeah. You know, yeah. You want to know? They allow you to up to take all these loans because you can't get rid of it. That's why they let you like, oh yeah, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Here's two hundred fifty thousand dollars for your, you know, your sociology degree. Because you can't get bankruptcy from it. You have to pay it off. This is terrible. You know. And then you have no more mean tweets, Mister Restore Dignity to the Office, calling Steve Ducey's son a son of a bitch. <laughs> and then he called him, and he didn't apologize. He just goes, you know, uh, hey, it's not personal. And even on CNN on Brian Stelter's show. The the guy goes, it's not personal. You called him a son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it, it's far. Le- it's more like I'm not gonna say he's worse than. I think in a lot of ways, I I don't look at the right and feel sympathy for them and think that they have a point when they say Biden is screwing this up. Yes, he is screwing this up, but he also had four years of incompetence before him that he is trying to deal with. And like, you don't get to say for the first year of Trump's administration that he's still dealing with Obama's economy and then pretend that doesn't apply to Joe Biden, you know? So he's, he's clearly just as incompetent and out of touch as Donald Trump is. I don't think that he has the same malintent. I just think he's just your typical politician who's, who's aged out. I mean, Donald Trump, I think has, um, 
bad intentions. <laughs> like, I think he's a bad person. I don't think Joe Biden's a good person, but I don't think that they're on the same level personally. But politically, they're just both bungling lunatics, and we all just sit here and go, let's give these people more power. Um, and so he's going to pick a Supreme Court justice. He's uh, failing on a lot of the expansions of voting rights. He is... Uh, about to bungle us into a war with Ukraine. If you watch what's happening with Ukraine, they're sitting here go. Uh, there's certain promises that were made verbally to the Russians that there, we would add. We wouldn't add Ukraine to NATO, for instance. And then that promise, it looks like we, we were working on breaking it, and then we're like, oh no, 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 that's uh, what we promise. We're really not going to do this. And so Russia as basically a bargaining chip in my opinion mm-hmm. is has 100,000 troops on the border of Ukraine to force the United States to not add Ukraine and other states to NATO. NATO if you don't know what that is that's basically this agreement of western european countries to counterbalance the the you know the russians along with the united states militarily so they can't do incursions like into georgia with Shakashvili back in the day or um, the, you know, the incursion into Crimea in the Ukraine. So, you know, they, they may or may not have desires of invading Ukraine to liberate the people of Ukraine, but I, I don't, I don't buy that. I, I don't, I don't think Putin's that crazy, um, but he's he, also like, what is Joe Biden going to do about it? Like, he's not going to do anything. He's not actually, it's, I don't know. I I view it as a lot of uh, Reinhold, like um, a a poker chip that he can build up these troops on the border so he can get the United States to put on in writing that nobody else can come into NATO uh, because he's trying to dominate that whole region with influence. I mean, you can understand his point of view, too. He, it's, we're talking about putting a NATO country right on his border, I mean, how how much did we flip out when they started putting missiles in Cuba, right? Right. It's the same thing. Which is you why know, they went, you know, that's why they went to Cuba, right? We had all of these r- rockets in Ukraine, and they wanted them removed, and we said no, so they sent nuclear missiles to Cuba. And then quietly, because we couldn't, we had to save face, Robert Kennedy agreed to remove those missiles from Russia. It happened about six to nine months after the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, but they're like, yeah, we see your point. <laughs> right. Yeah. We yeah, just kind of lost the plot after, uh, it, it's something to do with, I don't know what it is about Ukraine, but that was always a big thing with, uh, like Hillary and Obama. They, they just focused on Ukraine so much. I think it was Hillary, the secretary of state that did that. And somehow that some representatives from theirs has just got into her administration or her circle. And they're trying to direct her to do all this stuff, and it's it, it's almost weird the level of focus they have on it. Right? Yeah, well, Harry, it, it's where it's where it's at, you know. And you can't blame like uh, Putin or the Russian Federation, you know. Um, and there's something they have also been. All right, so Russia. You know, I, I'm I'm going to blame them. I'm okay with blaming them. I'm not. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You can well, be. Uh, you can yeah. accept your check from putin but first off first off sir sir i haven't been paid yet i have to say this one statement they were invited into into a crimea thank you 
They're gonna, they're gonna pay um, you in crypto, right? Yeah, yeah. They were invited into Crimea. Okay. <laughs> now, um, but but they've also been just trying to secure their position, everything else, to help Russia get back. Well, this their their, their thing is like, hey, we're just trying to get Russia back to its former glory because, like, yeah, they're running out of money. They're basically running out of gas. This pipeline is going to secure, you know, Russia's monetary like uh, policy going forward. You know, and the rest of the Western European states needs Russia burning fossil fuels because their green crap isn't working. Except France was using nuclear power, but they won't let anyone else use nuclear power, and then. But Russia's also selling arms to everywhere else to keep peace everywhere else. You know, you want to know how India got those freaking missiles to be able to sell to the Philippines to keep China in check? Eh, fucking Russia. It was Russia. You know, it's, right. uh, Russia's really not looking for war, but like, hey, they're really just trying to like trying to get money into that. And also, you know, people have been screaming about how the United States is an imperial power and they basically have a freaking like a a military alliance with a bunch of different countries and they just keep encroaching closer and closer to your border. Come on, come on. I, I, I'd be upset too. And they, you should understand what's going on here. Now I also want to show the aspect of like, Hey, you know, Ukraine can, you know, it's a free sovereign country can join any alliance it wants. And it can understand that idea from it. But you know, Hey, then you have to have an alliance with Russia to make sure that, Hey, we may have this type of alliance, but we also have one with you. All right. You know? But here's the point, yeah, Harry. But, but there's nothing like that on the on, on the table. None, none of that matters. Because Neil Young said something mean about Joe Rogan. Finally, <laughs> uh, we're getting to the real news. The thing that everybody actually cares about. Yeah, nobody cares about this nuclear war stuff. <laughs> so on I mean, one... How long we've heard this. On 126, on uh, his website, Neil Young Archives, which, like, which is the... NYA Times contrarian. He has like a, a whole like drudge report with all these like super crunchy progressive new San Francisco types writing on his blog, which I didn't know until I looked. So you know, trying to trying to gin up some some and it's only number twenty five, so it's like this is a new thing. He's also got a new thing, Neil Young Radio on Spotify. Um uh, so, so he doesn't like Spotify to begin with. Neil Young's complaint has always been that these services compress your music and you're not getting the real sound. And he had his own streaming service at one point. But if you don't know who Neil Young is, Neil Young is one of like the original... Think about like Woodstock and San Francisco in 1969 and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young... Like the Yardbirds, like maybe you don't know what any of that is and what I'm talking about, which is probably the reality for people under 30, maybe. Um, Reagan had never heard of this guy. I love Neil Young's music. I don't, I've never liked his politics. He's always been far too progressive for me. He is, um, uh, who is he analogous to, Reinhold? Like, like Hillary Clinton back in the 60s, not Hillary Clinton now. Like, he has always maintained that. He got into a fight with Leonard Skinnerd over civil rights issues. Like, and Leonard Skinner died in 1977, basically. <laughs> like, they had all, uh, you know, Sweet Home Alabama is basically a response to Southern Man by Neil Young, basically, you know, calling out the South for their their totalitarian mindset towards black people in the South at the time and their resistance to civil rights. Like 
Neil Young, I hated Neil Young when I was a good little Republican in 2004 because he was an anti-war Democrat. He was Dixie Chicks times 10. I mean, he was like, I just watched Team America. You have like two days to watch Team America on uh, Netflix. Uh, and, and you watch it and it's like Alec Baldwin's the main, quote, one of the main villains in that. Uh, but they're making fun of all the anti-war Hollywood types. Like that was Neil Young, right? Like, he's just like this old hippie dude who has always just been really progressive and really outspoken and really principled when it comes to, you know, he is, uh, like, gosh, I mean, if I were to equate him to a libertarian folk hero, uh, he's the Murray Rothbard of neil uh, of progressive i don't know i'm just doing that to piss people off um so i guess it's interesting to see these types of people Joni mitchell said today that she is i, I said the Yardbirds. that that's not who i'm thinking of just go listen to the forrest gump soundtrack watch forrest gump and jenny would love neil young all right so when Neil Young comes out with a super progressive point of view, I go, yeah, that's about right. That's why I never liked listening to this guy. Like, I get it. He reads Noam Chomsky for fun. Um, so, well, go ahead. He, he's 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 an old-time anarchist, right? Right. But what's From funny the about day. these people, Reinhold, is it's, you know, fight the power, fight the man. Uh-huh. And now it's like, shut up. And mandate vaccine mandates are cool. Listen to the government. That's what yeah, I think was, is interesting about Neil Young and and this moment. Well, what happened to that movement is that they grew up and started realizing they needed to make money, have their family. They want their family taken care of. So they started kind of realizing that some of the things they were calling for may not work the way they thought it would. But their call for, you know, anti-war in the, in the Vietnam war and the Korea war, that sort of thing. And that got kind of that movement going and, you know, his, his, this, the song Ohio about, you know, what happened in Kent state, it's a horrible thing to happen. Uh, brought a lot of attention to that. Right. And, and may have helped kind of end what was going on there, but he, he's had those principles to fight for, for a long time. But now as he's getting older, I just think he's seeing things a different way. And I think there's some cynicism in what he's doing right now, because I don't think what he's doing right now, he believes is actually going to stop Joe Rogan from being heard by anybody. He just wants to get his opinion out there. This is a great way to get it done. It gets his blog some attention that you didn't know about it until this happened. So there's more eyes on it. And he's got it. Spotify doesn't give money to artists like they should. They, They give very little bit of money. For every play, right? Yeah, but Neil Young, I mean, and he in the article I'm going to read says 60% of my income is from Spotify now. So he did take a financial hit. But the thing is, Neil Young doesn't own his own music anymore. He still gets paid for the royalties. I think he owns 50% still. He he sold half of it. But he's got $200 million, too. Yeah, he's crying in one of his Malibu mansions. Like, don't cry for... This isn't, this is, he, everybody's like, oh, he took a huge loss. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Of what? Oh, he, he had exactly to, what he wanted. To sell one of his cows from one of his eight farms to survive. Uh, sorry, Yasger, you're, you gotta go. Uh, so he writes on his website, 
Spotify has recently become a very damaging force via its public misinformation and lies about COVID. I first learned of this problem by reading that 200-plus doctors had joined forces taking on the dangerous, life-threatening COVID falsehoods found in Spotify programming. Most of the listeners hearing the unfactual, misleading, and false COVID information on Spotify are 24 years old, impressionable, and easy to swing to the wrong side of the truth. These young people believe Spotify would never present grossly unfactual information. They are unfortunately wrong. I knew I had to try to point that out. All my music is available on Spotify being sold to these young people, people who believe that they are hearing because it is on Spotify, and people like me that are supporting Spotify by presenting my music there. I realized I could not continue to support Spotify's life-threatening misinformation to the music-loving public. Before I told my friends of Warner Brothers about my desire to leave Spotify, I was reminded by my own legal forces that contractually, I did not have control of my own music to do that. I announced I was leaving anyways because I knew I was. I was prepared to do all I could and more just to make sure that happened. I want to thank my truly great and supportive record company, Warner Brothers Reprise Records, for standing with me in the decision to pull all my music from Spotify. Thank you. Spotify represents 60% of the streaming of my music to listeners around the world. Almost every record I have has ever released is available. My live music is a huge loss for my record company to absorb. Yet my friends at Warner Brothers Reprise stood with me, recognizing the threat COVID misinformation on Spotify posed to the world. Um, thank you, Warner Brothers, for taking a hit. Spotify has become the home of life-threatening COVID misinformation, lies being sold for money. There's an upside. Here's where you can get my music. Um, I sincerely hope that other artists and record companies will move uh, off Spotify to stop supporting deadly misinformation. Now, he cites the 200-plus uh, doctor, and this comes from Fox News. Uh, so there you go. Most of the 270 signatories are not medical doctors. A vet, an engineer, and a podcast host are among the 270 doctors demanding Spotify take action against Rogan. Last week, 270 so-called doctors co-signed an open letter to Spotify demanding the company take action against Rogan. The media rushed to circulate the letter. We all saw it. Everybody in our circles, I'm sure, saw it. Um, and it basically comes down to the Malone interview and the McCullough interview. Two interviews that, you know, he does like, what, Harry? Four or five a week? Yeah, when he feels like it, you know. And then if there's a fight, there's a pre-fight show or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so... But it's not busy but, touring or something, yeah. Yeah, or he's, if he's busy touring, he does you know when he wants to. But like the he's literally it, being argued like a, a couple episodes later with one of his guests about it. Kind of um, like you, you know, take you know whenever you feel like it. Shut yeah, up. yeah, Good yeah. Show. You and Ro- yeah. yeah, you and Rogan, same person, same thing. <laughs> Only eighty-seven of the signatories are medical doctors or doctors of osteopathic medicine, though the conservative news site The Blaze found. Um, signatories include numerous nurse practitioners, veterinarians, a dentist, and close to 100 PhD and PhD candidates. So, you know, what what is interesting about when the news talks about Rogan, and I will be honest, I don't listen to Rogan anymore. I did listen to those two interviews because I wanted to hear what those guys had to say. I, I subscribe to him on Spotify, but I listen to my podcast in Downcast. So I just don't see it as much. Um, but I know enough to know that, like, 
every episode isn't about COVID misinformation. You know, but Harry, the press has made it seem like that's all he does now. Right. And it's about the exact same attack they did against, like, in context with this, right? They're just using this to bully, like, they bullied uh, Oprah and with Dr. Phil and all the other things that the TV doctors back in the day. It's the exact same thing. You have people listening to you and not listening to us, and we hate that. We don't like this. Instead of, like, trying to uh, do anything about it, we're just going to try to use the force of ours together to take you down. Now, these are, like, if these are medical doctors that have an issue with other medical doctors are having or saying on a podcast or something like that, they can go into medical journals and actually get there's these are these are actual prestigious things that they can actually go off and do things to talk discredit a doctor or someone that was bringing up medical information but instead they're going to do this they go after the the delay media this media is for us the plebs the internet people who want entertainment this is where we get our entertainment from if you have an issue with it dude you can just write a paper and you're like no Boom, we, we wrote it, a paper against this. It's thing. part it's of why jo- it's what most of what Jordan Peterson did before he started doing the podcast circuit. It's 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 sort of like the vendetta against social media that new mainstream news has in that mm-hmm. they stole their classified ad money, they mm-hmm. stole their, their attention, they they gave people like me an opportunity to talk. We need the right voices to be listened to. And it doesn't matter that but the, the that breaks down when you have somebody so listened to like Rogan. And then they see you lie about that person or say things that aren't true and it doesn't jive. Right. Right. It doesn't jive together. And like, and, and it's just more like, okay, then, then counter what the person said. You know, what, what did they actually say? Counter it. What, what, what particular, like, put up the show receipts is what a lot of people like to show, show the receipts. Where's the timestamp? Can you show me exactly where on the, on the doll Rogan's pop? Guess hurt you and wet. What this? You can't just say the whole episode because it can't be the whole episode because they don't talk about those particular topics the entire time. Trust me, whiskey, weed, and elk meat monster came up in that episode. And trust me, eating elk meat, drinking whiskey, and smoking is amazing. You know, and you can, you know, and most people understand that. You know, and and it's just a simple fact of like just people just right discrediting Rogan or have never listened to him. The only thing they see is the the they see a headline. It helps them out. Like cool, I have two hundred doctor versus your you know like Rogan and Rogan is not even trying to be some guy that's online that's just like I'm going to disprove COVID and stuff like that. No, he's just saying like, hey, this is what this one person saying. I'm giving voice to this other person because those two hundred doctors can easily get on CNN and everything else that say that exact same thing. And he's just trying to put a bit of counterpart of the narrative up there. I, yeah. I don't buy that people say, and I've said it, and I agree with this, don't come to me for medical advice, don't go to a podcaster for medical advice, uh, and I'm sure Joe Rogan feels the exact same way, but I will have Dr. Eric Larson on, who has mm-hmm. a better shot of giving you good information than I do. Yep. Um, and information, not advice, this is information, so you can go to your medical professional to get better information. Like, hey, I'm arming you with words, so you can go talk to your doctor, your trusted medical professional, to ask questions, you know? Yeah. Because of that, you're just talking like, I don't know, elbow hurt. But <laughs> Edward Snowden had a great tweet, nobody knows less about Joe Rogan than the people, uh, what, what was it? Um, it was really clever, but he just sort of pointed out that like nobody's actually listening to this guy for medical information. Um, you know, yeah. let's see. Well, here. Uh, he also, said nobody uh, has stronger uh, opinions about Joe Rogan than people who've never listened to Joe Rogan. Yeah, I don't. I don't know it, if nobody's listening to him for it. I yeah, think but uh, we can't listen. We can't it, program it, it to the idiots. Sensible. It's like Facebook. It before, it before Reinhold takes a bad take, I know. Um, 
<laughs> Look at his hair. He's taking this. He's taking Neil Young's side. We know it. This uh, is for me. Love. But then you see, like the the, the the misinformation about oh, Spotify chooses Joe Rogan over Neil Young. Well, yeah, they have a contract with Joe Rogan. Oh man, Joe mm-hmm. Rogan wished Spotify wished didn't choose contract. it. Spotify didn't choose anything. Neil Young pulled his music, but the, every yeah. headline on every platform, every meme, it was all Spotify chooses Joe Rogan, which in and of itself was not the truth. Like, so Reinhold, what is your bad take on this? My bad take on Joe Rogan is uh, I, Say I, I've listened to him a long okay. time over the years. I've enjoyed him. I was I was a big fan of his in news radio. I mean, that's when he got a start. It was funny. Uh, when he started his podcast after the MMA stuff and fear factor and everything else, mm-hmm. he, you know, I've always followed him and thought he was funny. And when he started his podcast, it was a lot about, you know, stories, things he knew about things about, you know, you know, talking about Andy Dick and how he used to torment him and, and the MMA and everything else. And then he started wanting to learn more and get more information. So he started expanding his podcast to talk about things that he was interested in. The problem was that I see with it is that he doesn't have enough information going in so that when somebody gets on his podcast and says something that if he had information on, he would be able to refute or push back on. He just says, oh, man, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's that's wild. So that's where I worry at, because people were calling this the what the intellectual dark web or something like that. Mm. It's it's like he's nothing intellectual. I I feel I feel, Harry, that. I think that wasn't a terribly bad take. I feel like that was a fair criticism of Joe Rogan. What do you think, Harry? It was up until the conclusion of his paragraph. Yeah, right. No, you can't help but like blow it. Rogan did not call. No, no, I didn't say he did. I just people. My, my problem that is, is that people labeled people the intellectual dark web to give them right. like, these are the pseudo intellectuals because they were countering other bread tubers and other intele- you know like pseudo intellectuals that came out of the um, educational space. Like, oh, we're so much better with our sociology degrees. This is how we, you know, like we're going to kind of counter your facts, you know. So, like, well, this is this the pseudo intellectual dark web. Look how dark and scary it is. That's all that is. I, oh, I'm on, not suggesting in any way that Rogan thinks he's an, uh, a high level intellectual. Because he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't. He's not. He understands it. He's he's a a comedian. He has more humility about it than the person that's writing an article. Like, the person that's wrote this article, Yell Hallen at Fox News. I guarantee that, like most journalists, you know, are people like me that are generalists. We have a lot of interest. You're curious. So you want to go be a journalist. So you write a lot of stories. You talk. You don't even really have a beat anymore. Like, you used to have education reporters or whatever. You know, they're not qualified either to give medical information on CNN or at CNN.com or on the New York Times.com. They outsource the conversation to trusted experts. And, and so they're not really doing anything differently. But what's happened with people like Joe Rogan is the desire to diminish his reputation mm-hmm. so people stop listening to them. And th- like, that's what I find amazing and 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 it sort of is the neil young thing where the whole point of being a journalist because i watched you know all the president's men at 12 and that's what i wanted to do too but i i just fell in love with radio and i always wanted to do talk radio um not like work for the post is your that's what did it private parts i watched it last night it's it's on hbo max it's hilarious it holds up but (laughs) you know the 
like Rogan is is doing basically what any journalist would do is going out and talking to people, but he's not defaulting to the CDC. So many, uh, so much of journalism now is going to a government agency and representative, and that has become the verification of whether or not a piece of information is right or not, which is not what, like, Cy Hirsch didn't do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. that, you know, the Cy, Cy Hirsch was the Neil Young of journalists, you know, came out with the My Lai Massacre and so many other things. So it's just sort of interesting to see, like, a Neil Young and journalists kind of default to... Well, the government says this is what true information is, and I'm not saying that. Like, I don't. I've said on the on the past, like I found the McCullough and Malone interviews to be interesting. I have no idea if they're true or not, because I, I've heard and been overwhelmed with the other side for so long that I found it interesting to hear other opinions. But it didn't factor into my decision making about anything. It was more of an intellectual exercise, and I think. More people are there than not, but the person who wants to control other people doesn't feel that way. We need we need to get rid of this. Right. We need to we not let people hear this. It, it's it's more cynical than that. To be honest with you. Look at the, look at his viewer count. Was this, his ratings were something like eleven million? Yeah. So Nielsen and now you measures that to yeah, Nielsen that now to measures podcasts. News, you know. Right. So that graphic went around. Oh. Nielsen now measures podcasts. And they do it within a specific time period. And so Joe Rogan gets around 11 million listens. But that, that Malone interview probably was tens of millions of listeners over a long period of time. Your your average podcast grows. You get the bulk. You get about 50 to 75% of your downloads in the first 48 hours. But then you get a lot over a long time. You can go back and look at some of your episodes. Let's say you get 1,500 on an episode and you go back and look two years later, it can be thirty five hundred. Um, so, but he's 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 walloping. You know, the next is like a million, two million with Tucker. Uh, compared comparatively, and look so, at, and look how the media wants to take Tucker down so bad, which you know, deservedly so. But the um, then he's only beating them like by a few hundred, you know, hundred thousand or a million. Whereas Rogan's got him by 10 million, right? I mean, it's such a huge span of space that they have to change their gears and go, oh, we got to go after this. We got to, people are going there to get their news instead of from us, right? Are, are people really going to like Rogan to get their I, news and yeah, learn how I, to like live their life? Because I, I'm not I, I saying like they push, are. I, I would like to press like doubt on that thing with yeah. Rogan because if people are really going like if they because they make Rogan have to be like this guru and like all these lost men or everything are doing things that what what Rogan is saying to do. If that's the case, there's a lot of men around here that do not do what Rogan does. They don't work out all the time. They have no martial arts ability. They do not do saunas. They definitely don't know how to fry like to. Make Make elk meek on on their uh, uh, big green eggs. You know, I'm not calling anyone out here. It's asp- um, it's aspirational <laughs> content, right? It's aspirational content. Like, and to be perfectly honest, like Oprah has a, still has more power than Rogan has ever wanted. Rogan can change some women' entire wardrobe and how they read, what book they're reading, what things they're watching instantly, and still has that power. You know, but Rogan can't. Rogan could promote a book and people might buy it, but they may not read it like that. Or he could watch a show and some people may not watch it like that. He doesn't have that type of power. You can't discount the number of people who I have arguments with on, on politics and they'll throw me up. Uh, hey, 
Rogan said this or watch this Rogan interview or watch what Rogan said here. Yeah, you know, because like, you're getting uncensored long form explanations that will in depth outline a response to what you're talking about mm-hmm. in a way that they are not able to do in a short amount of time on a social media comment. Right. And a lot of people would still what I'm saying, like so Rogan as Rogan. But no, but people view Rogan as oh, it should be a middle ground. Like he has this, he tries not to take a political stance on everything. And this is supposed to be a middle ground because he's letting people, people talk. Down. Yeah. It's like, is, if I send you a CNN clip, it's going to be a panel of 10 people saying one little job and everyone like talking in a circle. Same thing with Fox News. Like, hey, look at this. Look at a really cool interview. He says one word and like, boom, 10 other people talk. You know, that's why it's supposed to be this like middle ground area. there's value in letting people talk and i think that people can talk it's the it's like i said before it's the it's the not challenging thing that really kind of but that's kind of why that's kind of why the format i i get what you're saying and i think you have a point but i also think that when you go to listen to joe rogan i think people evaluate information in a more sophisticated way than the people that hate Joe Rogan give him credit for, because there's two types of people that don't like Joe Rogan. It's the people that have actually listened and kind of go, eh, it's boring. I'm not into the content. It's too long. I've tried. Mm-hmm. And then there's the over the top hysterical. I read in the New York times that 200 doctors think he's, he's bad, right? They buy into the reputational assassination that goes on. Um, and they repeat those talking points that don't match reality. You know, where if you really know people that listen to Joe Rogan, like we all do, they're they're like listening to the person talk uninterrupted without anger, without like trying to combat each other. It's it's like Joe Rogan is the antithesis of Crossfire. So the people who forever have said, F Crossfire, we need to get rid of it, it's bad for society... Well, Joe Rogan kind of is counter-programming and doing the opposite, and now we got to get rid of him. And as Edward Snowden said, blame the magic third-eyed radio man for the decline of basic trust in institutions. Throw him in the volcano and we'll have world peace by Monday. You know? And well, that's always... Crossfire is ironic because of, that's how Tucker got his start. So. Yeah, I know. It's cancer. <laughs> and so that's why I think long-form conversations... Well, I mean, I'm a huge believer in that. I don't no, think that you... I, I, it's what we do here. We are libertarians. It's people who disagree, yeah. not yelling at each other. Right, but we we have we have pushback. We have you know. I disagree with what you said. Let's have a discussion about it. There's not enough of that, I think, with Rogan. Rogan's more of a Mark Maron type, where he's trying to give people the chance to tell them their story, and he's prodding them in certain ways, and that's how he does his interview style. But as far as you know, having a discuss a real good discussion on a topic, it's much more of a just kind of, you know, give me your autobiography in in your words type of thing, right? Uh, sure. And do people sit there and take that as if everything that this guy says is true? Like, the people who hear Dr. Malone, like, I hate to break it to, to people, but, like, the, the stereotype of the anti-vaxxer conspiracy QAnon theorist that you have in your head does not listen to Joe Rogan. I don't have time for Joe Rogan. They are on some streaming site that you've never heard of listening to people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. and if you want to say that Joe Rogan's power, cultural power, 
mainstreaming a Dr. Malone and his information will will be a gateway drug. I'll listen to that. But if you come to me and say, Joe Rogan is spreading misinformation, like, Rogan is giving a platform to people that you just don't like, that you want to keep quiet. And I have more faith in people's mental ability to listen to a piece of information Mm -hmm. and go, I want to fact check that. I mean... Reinhold, you sent fact check videos. I've watched all those, and there there are fact check videos. Uh, Crystal and Sagad on Breaking Points had on somebody for forty minutes talking about all the flaws in it. And there are certain things in those videos that aren't very good counterpoints, right? Like, so what's happening is what you want. It is taking place. The cultural power that he has leads a conversation for a large segment of the country. And then all of these other people, because he has so much juice, I put Joe Rogan in the title of this podcast. We're going to get three, four, five hundred more downloads. And so I'm incentivized to talk about Joe Rogan because I know that he's popular. He gets he gets views. And so we're having a conversation about Joe Rogan, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's how social proof works. And the the ironic thing is that. 95 to 99 percent of what's said on joe rogan's show is fine is there's nothing at all wrong with it it's just talking you know there's some things that that he doesn't get pushed back on and things that that may be what you would call misinformation or things that are wrong but that's such a small tiny infinitesimal percentage of what goes on on that show yeah so all right we got to start wrapping up here on the show so i can say my voice um great discussion uh, final thoughts, Harry Price. All right, so <clears throat> not not get in here and get my final thoughts. So the the big thing is what I want everyone to watch out for, like the whole um, Ukraine thing with Russia. It's also the other moves that Russia is making, also in Kazakhstan. That little tussed up that's going on there. Wanted to talk about that today, but you know, hey, hey, hey. And then also, not the, as important know, as old old music man fighting with young radio man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you can also like uh, if you get the time, you know, like look into the, some of the history of NATO and some of the stuff they have done. Um, that does also does not discredit the, the things that Russia has done. But if if you get some time, look into NATO. Yeah, and also look at what Russia's moves have done into like the South Asian Pacific War. Like everyone's like thinking Russia's going to back China all the way, but if you watch, Russia sells weapons to Vietnam, India, anywhere they can get, you know, anyone they're okay to, you know, they feel is okay to sell weapons to in the area and give them MIGs. So, you know, and Google search uh, Russian natural gas pipeline. That'll help you there. Vice, uh, I I don't care what you think, Vice. Uh, on their YouTube channel has a lot of good stuff. Um, and they did the video in Kazakhstan that I watched that was really interesting that uh, it breaks it all down. When so, Vice does their like in-person reporting, they go places and they give raw footage. It's great. Yeah. Like they had one in with the Uyghurs in uh, China where that's all taking place. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yep. All you Tim Pool heads out there that love watching Tim Pool, that's where he got his start was doing that stuff of go just going somewhere and hitting record and giving you just raw footage. Here's the raw. See, here's how you need to handle it. You need to go to the original source. If if you're reading the Daily Beast and you see basically regurgitated Media Matters content telling you that this person is not not good for you to watch, go watch that. And when you watch Joe Rogan, you'll kind of realize a lot of stuff that's in the Daily Beast about Joe Rogan is not true. 
Um, when someone tells me not to watch Tim Pool, I go and watch Tim Pool. And then I realize I shouldn't watch Tim Pool because he's an idiot and he's bad at his job. Uh, hey, 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 hey. But it's, it's so much fun to watch a train wreck. That I, 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 mean, the, I, I sit I, back and go like, who, who is this is going? It is the most cringe-inducing pile of bullshit I've ever watched in my life. Like, oh, man, it's like... Oh, I'm man, with Reinhold on this one. That link that Harry shared this morning might have been more cringy. Maybe. Uh, obviously, <laughs> anyone who hates that link that I shared obviously hates new media, hates comedy, hates where the world is going. And, um, you know, so... I'm sorry if old men don't understand. This is this is what the is that right? best thing that happens on Friday nights. Okay, it's just 15 people yelling at each other about nerd things. It's all Harry watches. The guess was it Falka or whatever. Um, that, that's it, it's it was it's called a skit in impersonation. It's it wasn't even Waka Flocka Flame. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final thoughts, Reinhold. Uh, final thoughts are, and I had it and I just lost it trying to make that joke. Um, so so there's this theory that the problem with uh, people you know having a good understanding and knowledge if we just had better access to the the knowledge of the world and people could communicate better we could all be smarter right because we'd have all the information and we can make the best choices on what's the best information and we would be smarter as a as a as a society but I think the internet has kind of shown that maybe we weren't ready for that yet. Right. No, I think you're just seeing the free market and at work. Like you're just saying we should do conspiracies are, are are up. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, five people, 5% of the people thought that we didn't go to the moon. Now it's over 10 and they're mostly younger people. And it's just, and they're on this network (laughs) and it's just not working though. It's, we need, I just think we need to do better and to try and look out for better sources of information, question the things you see, even if it's from your own, especially if it's from your own side or your own team, check it. If it sounds too good to be true, if it sounds like too perfect, it's probably not exactly what you're being represented as what, what's really happening. So like with Joe Rogan, they may embellish or, you know, take something and then take it out of context and kind of make it a big deal. If you go listen to it, it's not what it is. It's that happens all the time now. And it's, it all started with yellow journalism back in, you know, Pulitzer and Hearst and all that stuff anyway, but it's, it's uh, still something I think we need to strive for. And Uh, here's, yeah, I agree. But I also think knowledge is fairly new. Okay, here's this is a very deep thing, so I need you to listen because it's I'm being very profound. Knowledge is new, uh, so when you really think about like, let's say humans are millions of years old, like they found a million year old set of footprints of a family of humans dancing on the beach in England. Uh, writing is like five, what five, six hundred years old. Uh, and most of the knowledge that you understand um, about like the past and history comes from a really good, well-written source. So what you understand about English history, for instance, starts in like 900 with the monk Bede who wrote a history of England and the English church. 
So there's just hundreds of thousands of human years of human history that we don't understand. There's billions of people that have lived on this earth that you don't understand their experiences. And the reason the free market works is because it's Hayek's knowledge problem. No one person can understand how all of humanity works. There is no great centralizing authority that can pick things perfectly. When there's a pandemic on earth, the best minds, the richest country on earth can give you $1,200 to survive for the next eight months. And their vaccine that will stop the spread. Well, I'm going on the third round of, of, of COVID, right? Like, and I'm not saying that these aren't advancements, right? But in human history over the long scope, but central planning never really works out. It just, it isn't possible. And so what's happening in the internet age is we are seeing the full expanse of humanity in so many ways, and it's overwhelming us a little bit. And we are not trust. We are less trusting of each other because we are seeing things that always have existed. And it makes us like, when you talk to women about their experiences with a, a, a healthy percentage of men, you're like, Oh, yikes. When you talk to your black friends about their experiences, you go, yikes. Like I grew up in a little bubble, right? That protected me from a lot of information that made me just trust people. Well, now at 38, I'm less trusting of people because I've got more information, right? But <clears throat> the the reality is that you have to at some point learn to trust people. You have to learn at some point that you can't control other people's thinking, that they can have exposure to information and, and they'll work it out. And the more you try to stop them from doing that, the worse it gets. Right. I, my, my, my guess is my, my statement is not that we want to stop it. We just want to make it better. We want to improve it. The The idea of having all this knowledge is wonderful. It's a, it's something that um, I just hope keeps continuing that, that it's, it's unbelievable. When I grew up, if I wanted to find out about a topic, I'd have to go to a library, try to find a book that somebody might've written if there is one. And I, you just didn't have access to information at your fingertips like that. Yeah. Um, so that's the wondrous thing about it. The, there's just that downside where we haven't acclimated to it. It kind of came a little fast, I think. Yeah. And we haven't really kind of got our heads around it yet. And I just want people to, to, to stop when they see something that's like, Oh my God, this, and then stop and think about it and look it up and just kind of validate it before you start moving forward. Cause it may not be what you thought. it was. And I, I think we, yeah. it's, I've just taken the position that it's important for me to, vocalize and try to tip the future generation t away from censorship. And I don't have to agree with information and I don't have to agree with the person's right to speak that I'm defending, but I think I have a duty as a public voice to talk about the right of somebody like Joe Rogan to go out and talk to a Peter M McCullough, right? And it doesn't mean that you agree with that information or not. It means that you are setting the template for the future saying, trust people with information more because it's going to make them more intellectual curious, intellectually curious. Like all the, th all the reasons that we say, don't do that. Don't do that. They don't have time to do the research. Don't blah, 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 blah. Like how many things do we find out? I, I just lived, I was a, a, a blind idiot walking through the Iraq war and just trusted the news. And after that experience, I will never 
blindly trust the news, whatever that is, again, or the narrative even. Uh, we we don't we aren't governed by ideology anymore. We aren't governed by prag- pragmatic politics anymore. We are governed by a narrative. We are governed by just the general sense of people uh, of what they p- kind of pull off of their Facebook feeds and memes and information. That's why Joe Biden's struggling is he doesn't realize that politics is completely different, whereas Donald Trump has. Um, but and like I don't know what this trucker thing is about in Canada. There could be 50,000 people in trucks driving to Ottawa. That could mm-hmm. be totally true. Mm-hmm. But I want to see evidence. I want to verify it. Right? Like, I want to know what's, you know, just because I am more culturally right than I am culturally left, it doesn't mean that I'm going to buy that anymore. Like, the the end for me was believing the Covington kid was actually getting in the face of the the Native American guy. Um, it was, that, that's when I went, oh, I was really wrong just because I just reacted, you know? So I tried to react less. Um, so that, I think that's all you can do is just take in information, allow people to, to be wrong. I think we have, a, we have a real problem in this country is that we don't allow people to save face. Everybody was wrong about something during COVID. I'm sorry, but every single person who spoke publicly on any post, on any podcast, anywhere about anything was wrong about the pandemic somewhere. Left, right, Fauci, Jeffrey Tucker, doesn't matter. Like, everybody was wrong about something. And so, do we allow people to be wrong in public and kind of go, oh, okay. Like, everybody just have a little humility and kind of check your pride and just say, I was wrong about something. I was wrong about this, or, you know. Mm-hmm. and an audience but it's this machismo attitude that everybody's just i can't show weakness uh that that kind of pre- prevents that and if you don't think jim acosta has it then you know or joe biden doesn't have that same attitude of pride and machismo you're wrong so all right that's my final statement thank you everybody for joining us here on the program we will see you again next week please if you got something share this with your friends and also Join the 10 for 10, 10 years of We Are Libertarians. If you got some value out of this program over the years, then join at $10 a month on the Patreon. Thank you so much. We will see you again next week.